Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. It's Friday, June 2nd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, there has been a dramatic increase of organized retail crime in this country with gangs stealing goods and Indian lives. I'm going to give you those details and what we can do about it. Second, the government of Ireland is planning to slaughter upwards of 200,000 dairy cows, all to stop climate change. I'll explain that plan shortly. Third, the governor of Arizona has announced a freeze on new housing developments in the Phoenix area because they're running out of water. I've got the details plus a solution on how to solve the water woes. Later, we close out the podcast with an update on the Supreme Court case of a 94-year-old granny who I told you about back in April. She sued a county in Minnesota for selling her condo and not giving her the profit. Well, I've got the verdict, and I'll tell you about whether or not she won. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. America, folks, is experiencing a wave of organized retail crime this morning with groups of criminals targeting some of the nation's largest retailers and grocers like Home Depot, Giant Foods, and Target. So this morning, we're going to talk about what's happening and how to stop it. But that conversation, ladies and gentlemen, comes too late for a man named Blake Mose. He was a security guard at a Home Depot store in the San Francisco area. That is until April 18th. On that day, Blake saw a woman named Benicia Knapps, who was quite obviously stealing something, an electronic device, and she was just walking with it right out the door. Well, he tried to stop her, and then she pulled out a gun, and she shot him dead. So that incident at that Home Depot and many others across America is part of a growing crisis. At least that's according to Raul Aguilar, who oversees the international organized crime cases for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. He's saying that many of these thugs are actually part of criminal rings made up of uh, gangs from Eastern Europe and Central and South America, plus some homegrown gangs as well. Although Mr. Aguilar gave this assessment as well, quite interesting. It's also just small groups of three to four people who steal for greed, not for, as he said, need, like stealing a loaf of bread to eat. And to be clear, this is very big business. According to the DHS, the average American family, you and I, we're going to pay more than $500 annually in additional costs due to retailers passing along the expense of these stolen goods. And what's remarkable to me anyway is that these retail gangs aren't doing this quietly or discreetly. They're quite literally loading up on items in shopping carts or bags and then just walking out. And when security guards like Blake Mose tell them to stop, these criminal gang members just ignore them or shoot them. 
And then these gangs put these items that they've stolen up for sale on marketplaces like Amazon or Facebook and Craigslist. Well, unfortunately, this problem, ladies and gentlemen, is getting worse. According to a report uh, released by the National Retail Federation back in April, organized retail crime increased by an average of 26% between the years of 2020 and 2021. And those rates aren't going down. According to a Home Depot executive who is responsible for responding to these gangs, he said, quote, these organized thefts are growing double digit year over year, and we don't have enough resources to handle it. He then added the quote, more and more we're seeing the risk being brought into the stores and people being hurt or people even being killed because of these criminals. They just don't care about the consequences, end quote. So by the way, I've only mentioned Home Depot so far, but we're seeing this same criminal activity across other retailers too. Target, for instance, they announced two weeks ago that they had lost $763 million to what they call shrink, which is the industry term for theft. But listen to this. They anticipate that these organized criminal rings will cost them an additional $500 million just this year bringing their total shrink to just over $1 billion. Meanwhile, even grocery stores are being hit. The East Coast grocery store giant said that organized theft has increased exponentially over the past two years. In fact, the company president, Ira Kress, said, quote, to say that theft has risen tenfold over the past five years would not be an understatement, end quote. For what it's worth, other retailers too, like Walmart, Whole Foods, Nike, Nordstrom, and Old Navy, they're all reporting the same thing. In fact, many of those companies are shutting down their stores in response. So one last thing to note here. These organized criminal rings are operating almost exclusively in cities led by Democrat mayors. And I note that in this political connection because it's relevant. Democrat politicians and voters have embraced a new type of policing for these types of crimes, and it's called restorative justice. Right? The concept is that you reduce or eliminate penalties for crimes, and instead you get criminals to understand that crime is bad and to understand that their bad actions cause real harm, and they should apologize to their victims for their bad behavior. So above all else, advocates of this restorative justice say you should not jail or incarcerate these criminals, largely because they are people of color. And those folks, the argument goes, have been jailed unfairly for far too long. So let me give you a couple of examples of this. So back in the year 2014, the state of California reduced the classification of some thefts from a felony to a misdemeanor. And that means that these criminals, these thugs, largely avoid jail and penalties. Right. Another example, the Democrat district attorney in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, he announced over a year ago that he would not prosecute many crimes, including some burglaries and retail theft. Rather, he said, he was going to work on lowering charges and, most importantly, avoiding incarcerating criminals. And that includes, he said, even if a suspect, quote, displays a dangerous instrument like a knife or a gun, but does not create a genuine risk of physical harm, end quote. My goodness, that's according to reporting from CBS News. 
So with that, ladies and gentlemen, let me now pivot from facts and data this morning on criminal gangs overrunning our stores. And let me tell you about my opinion and analysis. And I want to go back to the quote that was given to us by the Home Depot vice president that I mentioned earlier. He said that criminals, quote, they just don't care about the consequences, end quote. Right. And by that, he obviously meant that both stealing goods from his store and hurting anyone who would try to stop them from stealing those goods, like Blake Mose in California, these criminals simply don't care. But that begs the question, why? Why don't these criminals, these thugs, care about consequences? Why don't they fear getting caught? Well, that's because, as I just explained, there are no consequences. And that's because radical leftists in places like New York and California have largely eliminated consequences. There are only restorative justice systems now, not actual justice. Okay, well, how do we fix that? Well, first, you and I can actually do something ourselves as consumers, right? Each of us can take far greater care about where we buy things, right? You now know that Amazon and Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist are where these gangs are selling their stolen stuff. In other words, we just shouldn't shop there. But second, we have to recognize that we ultimately have a governance problem, right? Our cities and states are full of politicians and, frankly, ideologies who have removed consequences from bad behavior, which ultimately means they've removed law and order, right? So the logical step to fixing that is to replace the politicians and the district attorneys, for instance, with people who want to reestablish law and order, to reestablish consequences. But unfortunately, the odds are that is not going to happen in many of these cities and states because of their long voting records for, well leftist people and movements like restorative justice. So that means, folks, that you and I have a pretty tough choice. We can stay in these cities and states where their restorative policies mean increasing amounts of criminality and violence, or we choose to move. And that's not an easy thing to do. But unfortunately, it appears as though we are running out of other options. It it appears as though that We are risking our lives when we do something simple like going to shop for groceries. And from my optic, that's not much of a life at all. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let's take our first break of the morning. So enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners. And then in about a minute, we'll be right back. Friends, I'm excited to tell you about Arc Seed Kits, like Noah's Ark. And here's why I'm excited. On The Right Report, we talk a lot about two things. We talk about your pocketbook and how to save you some money. We also talk about preparing for global events, like how we could find ourselves at war in Asia. Well, with ARC Seed Kits, you can address both of those concerns at once. The all-in-one seed kit helps you grow your own food for life. It has over 65 varieties of fruits and vegetables sprouting from 50,000 heirloom seeds. And let me tell you why that is so important. Heirloom seeds last year after year. Each crop helps you grow the next. But that's not true of 95% of most seeds that you buy. Those last only one year. That's why heirloom seeds from ARC Seed Kits are so great. It's a lifetime of food security. So go to arcseedkits.com. Again, that's ARC like Noah's ARC. And buy your heirloom seeds today. And if you do, make sure you use promo code right like my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, and that'll get you 10% off your order. 
So go to arcseedkits.com, promo code right, and invest in good food and a bigger wallet for life. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards international news. So first up, dairy farmers in the country of Ireland are pretty angry this morning because of a report earlier this week of secret documents that were showing that their government plans on killing upwards of 200,000 dairy cows to save the planet from climate change. So here's what we know as reported by the Irish Times and the Irish Independent. On Monday of this week, the Irish Independent obtained internal documents from the Irish government that showed that Dublin planned on raising around $200 million for a plan to kill or cull 65,000 dairy cows each year for the next three years. Now, to be clear, there is nothing wrong with these cows except that they exist. And that is bad for the climate, at least according to European climatologists who believe that cows are destroying the planet with their emissions. Emissions like when they burp or pass gas, specifically the gas of methane. Now, to be very, very clear, cows are not the only animal that belch and pass methane gas. Right? Other animals called ruminants do too. Animals like uh, moose and deer and antelope and bison. Not a lot of calls to destroy those creatures. You don't hear that often, do you? Anyway, there's another animal that expels methane, by the way. Humans. In fact, there was a study published back in uh, 2020 in Nature magazine that showed that methane emissions from humans were upwards of 40% greater than previously estimated. Oh, dear. But that's not what Ireland or other countries appear to be focused on, is it? It's the cows that need to go. So for what it's worth, dairy farmers in Ireland are especially upset by this plan because, well, they point out the fact that their overall herd size hasn't changed much over the past 30 years. But the number of cars and trains and planes and humans, that certainly has. So folks, before I offer you my opinion and analysis on this story, I would like you to consider this next piece of news. Yesterday, Bloomberg News reported that China is buying an increasing percentage of the world's coal. China's purchases will likely hit 360 million tons this year. That, by the way, compares to 293 million tons last year. And that actually makes sense because China is building a record number of coal-fired electricity plants this year, about two every week. With that, let me now pivot to my opinion and analysis. So two things. First, Slaughtering upwards of 200,000 dairy cows does not solve anything, unless the goal is to bankrupt farmers and ranchers. More on that in a second. Meanwhile, if you do bankrupt or largely eliminate this cattle industry, whether it be in Ireland or the Netherlands, which has also announced a plan of their own to shut down thousands of farms and ranches, well, folks, we need to be clear that this is not about climate change. And that's because everyone knows at this point that these efforts in places like Ireland and the Netherlands, they will do nothing to change in any material way the amount of global carbon dioxide emissions. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is because China emits more climate gases than all other developed nations combined. And they're ramping up production by record amounts. So then logically, mathematically, it means that there is something else going on here. It's not really about climate change or carbon dioxide levels. All right, so what is this something else? What might that be? 
Well, I'm going to leave you with this to consider. So last fall, the climate change activist Greta Thunberg was in London speaking of her climate change agenda and why she is so motivated to do her work. And here's what she said. Quote, what we refer to as normal, that is capitalism, is an extreme system built on the exploitation of people and the planet. It is a system defined by colonialism, imperialism, oppression, and genocide by the so-called global north, all to accumulate wealth that still shapes our current world order, end quote. She went on to say that her climate activism and that of other climate activists comes down to this, quote, we are never going back to normal again because normal was already a crisis. The Western world is in need of a system-wide transformation, end quote. Do you hear that? System-wide transformation. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, this is not about cows. This is about a political and economic revolution. Finally, this morning, let's come back to the United States for some news out of Arizona. News about drought and growth and allegedly climate change. So here's that story based on a report from the Arizona governor's office and that state's Department of Water Resources. And here's what the report said from those state entities. So in short, Arizona is running out of water, right? The state announced that the aquifer for the region, which supplies just over half of the water supply for the Phoenix area, is being rapidly depleted by the explosive growth in that city, now America's fifth largest. Meanwhile, additional water supplies, including those that come from the Colorado River and other aqueducts, well, those are also under stress. And because of that water crisis, the state will no longer approve of any building permits for homes in Maricopa County. That is the largest county in Arizona, home to Phoenix and its suburbs. So the Democrat governor of that state, Katie Hobbs, did say, however, that current building permits will be honored. Now, local press is reporting that it is still possible that some new homes might be built beyond those currently permitted, but they're going to have to buy water from other sources, like, for instance, area farmers who will no longer be able to irrigate, or indigenous tribes. And that's actually what one suburb called Queens Creek is focused on doing. So they hope to grow by another 100,000 residents over the next decade, but getting the water for all those folks is going to be tough. The city's utility director said that they're going to need around 30,000 acre feet per year, uh, which is about 10 million gallons. Well, as they consider where to get that much water, they might want to consider this. An Israeli company has offered to build a $5.5 billion desalination plant in northern Mexico, not terribly far from Tucson, Arizona. So that plant and its pipelines would deliver around 1 million acre feet per year. By the way, if it were built, it would be America's largest desalination plant, 18 times bigger than the nation's current record holder out in San Diego. So one final thing to offer you about this story. Multiple media outlets are reporting that this water crisis is really the result of climate change, as the region is suffering from an historic drought. And while it is true that Western states in general, including Arizona, are suffering from a historic drought, it is also true that most of Arizona is a desert, including the Phoenix area. So logically, having exponential growth of housing in the desert is 
probably going to lead to a water crisis at some point, irrespective of droughts or climate change. But nevertheless, let's see what comes next for the state. Let's see if they pursue this desalination solution, which I think would be smart, at least in my view, or if instead they pursue the governor's policy of no growth, which would not be smart, at least not in my view. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But as always, I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. So back on April 27th, I told you about Geraldine Tyler. She is a 94-year-old grandma from Hennepin County, Minnesota. So to refresh our memories on this story, her family moved her to an assisted living facility, but unfortunately, they failed to pay the property taxes on her condo. Well, the initial property tax bill was for $2,300, but it ballooned to over $15,000 after years of non-payment and penalties. Well, the county then seized that condo. Uh, They sold it, and they made a profit of about $25,000. But rather than give that money to Granny Tyler, they kept it. And then her family sued. Well, the case reached all the way to the Supreme Court, which heard arguments back in April. And just one week ago, they delivered their verdict. And their verdict? Granny Tyler, she won. Hennepin County should have given her the $25,000. Shame on them, they didn't. By the way, the Supreme Court voted in the Granny's favor by a vote total of 9 to 0. By the way, if you recall, Granny Tyler was asked previously what she would do with any money that she might get. And her lawyer said that she would really like to get a new mattress. Well, here's to hoping that Granny Tyler is waking up this morning in the best and the fanciest mattress that she has ever had. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you on Monday, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. <laughs>